0: Some of the free shows this season include Is Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver, we're doing something a little different. Because it's January in Denver, and for the past 118 years, that means one thing. It's time for the National Western Stock Show. And while the stock show always seems to feel like a big Western love fest, the relationship between our city and its rodeo hasn't always been so close. So as we await the Longhorn Parade down 17th Street on Thursday, we're kicking off a week-long celebration and investigation into Denver's Western roots with a story about a time in the not-too-distant past when the stock show almost pulled up stakes and left the Mile High City forever. And we're doing it thanks to our sponsor, Tacovas, a seller of fine cowboy boots and Western-style apparel that honors the true spirit of the American West. And stick around for the end of the episode for your first Takovas tip of the day. Today is Wednesday, January 3rd. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Growing up in Denver, I took the stock show for granted. My grandpa raised racehorses, but I never really had a connection to that world. Then last year, we tagged along with a girl from Arvada to make an episode of this podcast about her goat. So what are Lilo and Stitch what kind they of goats? They're meat goats. Oh, they're meat goats. These so are meat goats. Will be They meat. will leave this week and oh. go feed families. Oh, they leave this week? Yes. <gasps> so, so your daughter has to like get her goats ready, show them off, yeah. get to the pinnacle of the goat success and then say goodbye? Yeah. That's the hard part. Oh. But she has I met the people and I saw the old buildings and animal yards amid the shiny new beautiful facilities going up. For the first time, I could feel it. I could feel what Terrence Carroll felt the first time he went.
1: It had to be, it's more than 20 years ago.
0: Terrence is a lawyer, an ordained minister, and a former speaker of the Colorado House of Representatives. But at the time, he was a brand new legislator representing parts of Northeast Denver, a city guy, for sure.
1: One of my fellow legislators and a lobbyist were both cowboys. Um, a guy named Wes McKinley, who served within the General Assembly, and another guy, uh, I won't mention his name right now. They were both cowboys. And Wes represented the area around like Branson, Colorado, the southernmost point in the state. And he was like, Terrence, you've never been to the stock show? I'm like. What's the stock show thing?
0: (laughs) Terrence was born and grew up around Washington, D.C., attended Fork Union Military Academy in Virginia, earned his bachelor's degree at Morehouse in Atlanta, and then, like many East Coasters before him, Terrence found his way
1: out West. Well, I grew up watching cowboy movies. Sure. Um, And there's, I mean, on my phone, there are actually pictures of me wearing Pearl Snap shirts, and I don't know how that happened at some (laughs) point in my life, but my mother had me in Pearl Snap shirts Growing up in Washington, DC, but I never really knew what it meant till I got out here. And Wes said to me, He's like, Terrence, you know you're a cowboy. I'm like, nah, there's no way I'm a cowboy. What's the stock show thing?
0: <laughs> so the concept, even in general, is not something like, for instance, you you grew up on the East Coast, so it wasn't something familiar to you.
1: Yeah, I kinda I knew about rodeos, um, but I didn't know. I mean, and I kind of heard about the stock show, but I never been to the stock show and it was a mind-blowing experience the first time.
0: Tell me about that. What what was so spectacular? What really like caught your attention?
1: And I think one of the things was just the sheer magnitude of the place and how enormous the stock show was. The number of people. I was out there during the middle of the day during the middle of the week and there were still a lot of people walking around and all the cowboy hats, the boots, uh You could buy anything at the stock show in the exposition hall. It was just amazing. It
0: was a bit, it was just like, I
1: like- It was sensory overload. Sure. It was sensory overload, that's what it was.
0: A couple of years after Terrence's first visit, the stock show recorded a record high number of attendees. Like six to 700,000 people were showing up regularly in the early 2000s. So he saw it all. The rodeos, the cow pies, the turkey legs, the mutton busting. But he also started to hear multi-generational stories of Denverites, not ranchers, but city folk, whose families have supported this tradition year in and year out. People like Steve Weil, whom my producer Paul Caroli chatted with recently. Hello?
2: Hey, Paul. Yeah. It's Steve Weil. I'm sorry. I uh, It slipped my mind to, that I had to phone you back.
0: Steve Weil is the third generation of Weil men to run Rockmount Ranchware, one of the oldest purveyors of westernware in Denver.
2: We're most famous for our shirts. We are known for making the first shirts with snaps, and a lot of what we make is still made in the U.S. wherever possible. And then uh, we, we're we just very careful to go our own way and not do what other, other companies do so that we stand alone.
0: Steve's grandfather, Jack A. Weil, was born in 1901, which was a pretty dark time for our city. The silver market had crashed, and the mining industry was on the skids. So a group of civic leaders got together and decided to throw a big party celebrating one of the next biggest industries, on the hope that it could spark more prosperity. That industry was agriculture, and that party was the stock show.
2: I went to the stock show, uh, you know, every year with my family as a kid growing up, and um, we actually showed a horse there once.
3: Yeah, how did it do? (laughs)
2: Oh, I can't answer because it's so long ago, but it was a nice experience.
0: Steve grew up around rodeos because that's what the Weill family did. According to Rockmount's website, it was his grandfather, Jack, who noticed bull riders getting their shirts ripped off on the horns. And it was his bright idea to try out snap buttons instead. In 1946, he bought the five-story building in Lodo where Rockmount is still open for business today. In fact, especially today. You know,
2: it's a nice of business that happens in January. And we we support it because it's our home team, you know.
0: And at the same time Western fashion has gone global, the economic power of the stock show itself has grown, with an impact close to $100 million per year back in the late aughts. But at that same time, the dark suit and cowboy hat-wearing head honchos were looking around at their 100-year-old home and its aging infrastructure, and they started dreaming about greener and bigger
3: pastures. Well, let's go back to 2011, Uh, and talk about the moment that you first heard that the stock show was thinking about moving out of Denver. What was that moment like?
2: I thought it was insane.
0: And he wasn't alone. When the story broke, Denverites were outraged. How could they betray us like this? After 100 years in central Denver, how could this iconic event that grew up with the city itself just leave? That's after this break. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board It's time for the 75th annual spring plant sale at the Denver Botanic Gardens. Mark your calendars for Friday and Saturday, May 10th and 11th. Admission is free, but you must register in advance at botanicgardens.org. Registering my husband, Greg, right now for the plants I want him to pick out and plant in our yard for me. shop from 15 different plant divisions, including annuals, house plants, herbs and veggies, and specialties like aquatics, container garden in a bag, and plants grown right at the gardens. The garden's horticulture staff will be on site to answer any and all plant questions you may have. This sale emphasizes water smart and native plants that are perfect for our semi-arid climate. They'll be great for a beautiful landscape that doesn't require a bunch of water. For more details, registration information, and a catalog of available plants, go to botanicgardens.org. That's botanicgardens.org.
4: Hello. Hey, Paul. It's Paul Andrews, the National Western
3: Stock Show. Hey, Paul. Great to hear from you. Thanks for calling. Uh, Good to to hear from you. You got an easy first name for me to remember. (laughs) Same right back at (laughs) you.
0: Before Paul Andrews took a job at the stock show, he was executive vice president of Cronky Sports and Entertainment, aka the Avs and the Nugs. And before that, he grew up on something called a polled Herfer Ranch in Golden.
4: Boy, we are very, very optimistic about the uh, National Western this year uh, as far as attendance goes and ticket sales and our great uh, exhibitors that are coming here to exhibit livestock and horses and. Our numbers are through the roof.
0: He joined the National Western Stock Show as CEO in 2010.
3: Just a year after you became CEO of the Stock Show, that's when this proposal came up. Um, I don't know if it came from you or if it was already around, that um, that the Stock Show wanted to move out of Denver to build new, bigger, better facilities out in Aurora. Um, I'm so curious where that proposal came from.
4: Yeah, so when I became uh, CEO in 2010, uh, the the board was already well down the road with that, negotiating that with the city of Denver at the time. And so when I came in, it was, you know, how are we going to do this if we go forward in this manner? And at the time, there was support from the then uh, interim mayor, I believe it was uh, Bill Vidal,
0: Guillermo, a.k.a. Bill Vidal, was the 44th mayor of Denver for about seven months after former Mayor John Hickenlooper was elected governor. And it was during those seven months that this idea caught fire. The Denver Post even reported that Mayor-elect Hancock was excited about the stock show moving, though he was on vacation at the time and couldn't be reached for comment.
4: And uh, at the time, that sounded like a pretty good idea with the mayor's office and so
0: forth. It seemed like a good idea to a lot of people involved back then, which included the city of Aurora. They were offering a whole lot of space and millions in incentives for a brand new National Western Center, bigger and better in every way.
1: I mean, the stock show was pretty much hemmed in at its location. Geographically. Geographically hemmed in.
0: This is also around the time Terrence Carroll started taking more than a personal interest in the future of the stock
1: show. And so part of the proposal was we just pick up the whole stock show move it out to the Gaylord spot, and it's integrated into the Gaylord Convention Center Hotel.
0: If you've driven to the airport in the last 10 years, you know the Gaylord Rockies Resort and Convention Center as it's formally named. But before it was built, there was an idea that these two projects should be paired up, and that helped both gain momentum.
1: I thought it, and I said it then, I thought it was not the best move. It was not a good decision. It just wouldn't have the same feel. And I think at the time I may have told a friend, I said, you know, I feel like we'll turn the stock show into a Disney-esque thing if we move out to the Gaylord. Because I've been to a—if if you've never been to a Gaylord, you, you you may not understand what I'm saying, but the Gaylord is a themed hotel. Everyone has a different theme. Yeah. And they go all in on the theme. Yeah, And maybe go, as the kids say, they may get a little extra on the theme. (laughs) And I was concerned that a Gaylord-driven stock show aesthetic versus... May not really be... The real thing. It's authentic.
3: So when you came in in 2010, the board had already been talking about this. Tell me what you all were thinking. What what was the logic of this proposal?
4: Yeah, the logic was uh, there were lots of experts in the room that felt like this land that we were on might be better served for other purposes because of its proximity to downtown Denver.
3: Like maybe housing?
4: I, you know, I don't know that any specific ideas, but again, you're right at the confluence of downtown Denver here. You're a two-minute drive to, you know, right the, down to the center of downtown. So, so this area could, it could become a, a lot of different things. 250 acres here is a is a lot of uh, a lot of land
0: you're really talking and touching on something that denver really has a push and pull over which is we aren't great sometimes at preserving our buildings i think a lot of folks would say that but then also we want to grow and we want to be state-of-the-art and we want to be big and we want to be on the world stage so it's kind of this like how do you balance the old and the new but it sounds like to you those those things that are still there and part of the stock show are integral to what makes it the stock
1: show Absolutely. It's that oldness. It's that feeling of oldness, and you can feel and experience the history. If you look at the old gates, some of those things have been there for 70, 80, 90 years. I'm not sure if there were any gates from the first one 118 years ago, but some of them may have been pretty close.
0: And it was the grounds, right? It was the place. Oh, yeah. You could just
1: smell all the old horses, all the old cattle, all the old grizzled cowboys and cowgirls that had come through there. And I'm not exaggerating, it, it feels like when you walk there, you can feel it all.
0: So it was a classic standoff. Who would blink first? On one side, Aurora, with acres of empty space and wads of cash in hand. On another, the stock show, with their eyes on the future. And on the other, the city of Denver, with its historic, yet quite old gates.
4: But as things changed, when I became president, Mayor Hancock came into his tenure, and Mayor Hancock walked into my office and my chairman of the board's office as this idea was floating out there, and he uh, really kind of informed us on on how his vision for this area was to keep the National Western right here at I-70 in Brighton and uh, trust him that he would find a way to put the pieces together to do the expansion here. And I think if we would have um, had had our wish granted, it would be exactly what we're doing today.
0: My producer Paul connected with former Mayor Hancock on LinkedIn before Christmas and asked for an interview about this moment back in 2011. But the current managing partner and founder of Hancock Global Consulting said he is not currently available for press.
2: I don't think that that's the way it transpired. I don't think the head of the stock show said we should move. I think the, 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 the stock show uh, leadership said we have options, but, I, you know, it's it's also 10 years ago, and who remembers the details? The whole thing was simply outrageous from the beginning, and the fact that it, it was even being discussed to me is um, is ridiculous.
3: But your theory, though, like it, that's what you were saying, right? Like by saying we have options, you're saying they wanted to give Denver a little like reminder, you know, like
2: yeah, that's right, stimulates some some love from Denver. Denver needed to show some love, and um, and and I can understand that. I don't know. I mean, I I'm I'm looking at it from the sidelines. I, I wasn't active uh, in, in those conversations, but I will say that. Uh, that, that to me it was outrageous that it could be considered because the city has supported it for 100 years, and the idea that we hadn't supported it is is unfair. And I think what they were trying to do is position themselves to compete better with other venues around the country, Fort Worth, Houston, Calgary, to name a few. And they they felt that some improvements were... Uh, essential. And uh, I think they got them. And we have an entirely new landscape over there now. And um, hopefully they're positioned to uh, succeed for many, many years to come.
3: Um, You know, I have to ask you about this uh, theory. I was talking to Steve Weil over at Rockmount. I, I'm sure you two have run into each other over the years.
4: You bet. I, I know Steve uh, he has a great product,
3: um, but he told me he has a theory because uh, he was one of these people who was like very public in in pushing back against the possible move. Um, he said he his theory for why the stock show proposed this move in the first place was that you all wanted to give Denver a wake up call. Like it's been a good hundred years, but maybe you're taking the stock show for granted. What do you think about that?
4: Th- that is a theory. I. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Weil has has definitely uh, uh, some intelligence there, but as far as a real strategy, and we were trying to force Denver into doing something here, that that really would be far-fetched. We uh, we basically had a conversation with Mayor Hancock, and Mayor Hancock uh, came in and assured us that we could do it here, and that's that's really all we needed was someone to tell us that we can go from 90 acres to 250 acres. And so I, I think it all worked out for the better, as things often do. Uh, but that, that's an interesting theory from our friends at Rockmount.
0: It wasn't long after Mayor Hancock came into office and reversed the city's course that the Stock Show invited Terrence Carroll to join the board and start meeting with Denverites every month on the Stock Show's behalf. And a few years later, in 2015, Mayor Hancock proposed a bond to raise money for tourism, including all the renovations and expansions Paul Andrews wanted. Or rather, almost all of the expansion he wanted. But that's a story for another day. The 2015 vote was overwhelming, though. 65% of Denver voters said yes to keeping the stock show right here where it was born, even if it meant higher taxes. Do you think that there's a chance that this relationship between Denver and the stock show, like, breaks down again? Like, maybe there will be another 2011 situation where the stock show thinks about leaving.
1: I doubt it. Let's hope not. But you know how relationships are. They have their ups and downs. I mean, it's just like anybody, anyone's ever been married or in a long-term relationship or or not even putting in a romantic scene, but just platonically, you just got your friends. Yeah. You're not friends all the time. I mean, you're still friends, but...
0: Go through you're, you're turbulent not, times. Yeah, you're not always
1: checking for them the same way that you may have checked for them in the past. I think we're in a good place. And so I don't anticipate us not checking for each other because we need each other. I mean, not just the city and the stock show, but the city, the stock show, the neighborhood. We all need each other for this to work.
3: So, why do you think, though, that the stock show is so important to Denver? like it's an well, industry there's others
2: well it's just one of our homegrown things that that makes denver special i mean it's part of our western history the, it, it, you see the, the important point here is that it occurs in january and january is a is somewhat of a dead time in tourism uh in the city of denver and so this this gives denver a a, a little spark when when things are 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 quiet.
3: I really like that theory. That's such. That's a very good underlying theory of this relationship, and it really explains that uh, the famous tradition, you know, keeping your Christmas lights out till the end of the stock show, right? Because of the spark.
2: Because because you have thousands of people who are visiting Denver, and you know, see, it's really important. You know, from a from a sort of traditional uh, viewpoint, uh, the stock show was meant for rural ranchers to show their livestock uh in the city and get off the ranch and uh come in and 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 have a little uh city life and um you know life has changed in the last 100 years but still it's something that people look forward to coming uh to the big city and uh enjoying what it has to offer in the cold months of winter
3: steve do you think denver's a cow town (laughs) um
2: no um denver has western roots and and western culture um i i think that you know when i think of a cow town i think of some little town like alasa kansas where the cattle drives went through you know after the civil war up they they were driven from texas to montana and so on that's a cow town
3: But Steve, but Steve, (laughs) they're going to be driving cows through downtown next week. That's a parade. Tomorrow, Thursday,
0: January 4th, as almost every year since 1906, the Cowboys of the Stock Show will be driving a herd of Longhorns down 17th Street downtown. And we'll be there, too, because relationships need work, and this conversation isn't over. So for the rest of this week and next, we're going to be investigating, celebrating, butchering and giddy-upping our way to an answer of our own. Is Denver still a cow town?
4: Well, I'll tell you, I certainly, with my cowboy hat on and my boots on, I, I, I think Denver's always going to be a cow town.
0: In other words, welcome to Western Week.
4: You know, the state does $47 billion a year in agriculture impact here uh, from that business that is an amazing number and denver has always been a proud place for people to gather and so i do think denver should proudly wear the moniker of uh, cow knowing it's
1: been part of our history since the beginning of this great state thanks to coach prime you're seeing more people wear cowboy hats although some of them are wearing them wrong and the wrong hat in the wrong season if you're listening to this And this airs during the stock show sometime in the winter. This is felt hat time. Take the straw hat off and under no circumstances ever come to the stock show in a Shawn Michaels-style cowboy hat.
0: Let us know what you think, too. Where do you go for your yeehaws and yippee ki yays in Denver? What's the story behind your favorite pair of cowboy boots? Do you wish the stock show left us with a big plot of empty land to fill with housing? We want to hear it. Leave us a text or a voicemail on the Western Week hotline at 720-500-5418. Again, that's 720-500-5418. Hey, it's Bree Davies, and I'm here with newsletter editor Adrian Gonzalez. Hi, Adrian. Howdy, Bree. So it's Western Week here at CityCast Denver, and we're here with our Tacovas tip. Adrian, what do you have for us?
5: Today's tip is all about how to care for your leather goods. So you picked up a perfect pair of boots. Maybe you got a tool, leather belt, a cool leather jacket. My favorite thing about leather goods is that they age beautifully with you if you take care of them. And so one thing to remember is that as odd as it sounds, is leather is skin. And so just like your skin, you know, I'm a guy, I tend to forget to moisturize. You need to moisturize it. Yes. Right? Keep it alive, clean it up, but actually one of the most important things that most folks skip is just cleaning it. And I don't mean like washing it, I mean just a little dust off. Take your boots and at the end of the day, if you got them muddy, take a brush, brush it off. The dirt is what actually will start to wear that leather and will dry it out and will crack it. And once it's cracked, there's really no coming back from it. So clean your stuff, dust it off at the end of the day, keep it maybe in a little boot bag, and then condition it every once in a while.
0: And then the last forever, that's the best part. Thanks for joining us, Adrian. Thanks, Brie. Step into a new pair of Tacovas for wherever your journey takes you. And remember, don't go gently. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why not take a minute to tell a cow about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. oh, man, we got to take Montgomery to the stock show for sure this year. He's like obsessed with Toy Story. Obsessed with Toy Story. (laughs) There's a snake in my boot.